Inside every one of us, deep in the soul, are the dreams we have for ourselves. Dreams of what might be, of what we might become, and how we might change the world by changing ourselves. You can achieve whatever you can dream. All it takes is a plan and the right teacher. Welcome to Success Left a Clue, the inspiring podcast from Robert Raymond Riopelle, who has traveled the world for over 15 years, unlocking the dreams we all have. And now, here's Robert. Welcome, everybody. This is Robert Raymond Riopelle with our podcast number 12, Success Left a Clue. I am like totally jazzed and totally excited about today's episode. You know, because everything happened for a reason, and that reason is there to serve me. One of the reasons I started this podcast is because I got inspired by listening to podcasts from other people, my mentors, people I mastermind with. And so here I am, I'm putting out the podcast, and I've become such an avid, just like, I, I, every time I'm doing a workout, or if I'm working around the house doing stuff, I put earphones in, and I just start listening to podcasts, and I'm devouring them. And the other day, I decided there's you know a gentleman that was is part of one of my masterminds. I love masterminds, and I love being a student, not the teacher. I want to be there to not only give, 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 the giver's gain, but I know I get a lot as well. And an amazing gentleman that I met at our mastermind, he has a podcast and a broadcast he's been doing on a radio network. And so the other day, as I'm doing stuff around the house, I go, you know what, I haven't listened to one of his podcasts yet. And I decide to find it, download it. And everything happened for a reason. Because the first episode I listened to at random, I just touched it. It blew my mind. And I knew I had to get him online with me to have a little conversation that this podcast was not going to be necessarily an interview. I wanted it to just be a back-and-forth conversation because what he covered on the episode was something so in alignment with what I believe. I knew we were going to be able to inspire people. So episode number 12, I want to introduce to you an amazing gentleman by the name of Gary Rockman. He is the rock star of real estate. At the end of the podcast, I'm going to make sure you know how to find him because as I've already been learning from him, I know you will as well. And the more we're willing to increase our intellectual property, our sphere of influence, and he's going to help you do that as well, it's going to allow you to tap deeper into success in your life. So Gary, thanks for agreeing to be in on this episode with me. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, Robert, I'm doing great, and thank you, thank you. That was uh, wow. You 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 uh, make me look so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's not hard to do when we're both have so much in common, like our aerodynamic hairstyles. You know, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I could also say you are rocking the hairstyle, man. That, that's another it, way. Indeed. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's a pleasure yes, having indeed. you on, and and this episode, you know, it just I, I've. Only I'm a newbie into the podcast. This is episode number 12, and most of them are me doing um, just wisdom thoughts coming up. And I love to do an occasional interview. And you happen to be the like the second interview only, which is so cool because after I listened to your broadcast on the, the book that you and I both love by Napoleon Hill, Outwitting the Devil, 
And yes. I heard you talking about the 10 things he's covering on page number 116. I knew I had to get you online. So are you ready to have a kind of a discussion about that? Oh, absolutely. And again, I, I'm so greatly honored, man. So honored. Uh, one, you know, that, you know, you're one of my trainers and a, and a coach for me and inspiration to do all the things that you're actually accomplishing and just and just really helping people and to be like your second guest, man, to be asked, uh, man, very, I feel very, very honored. So thank you. Uh, and, you know, I can tell we're going to – I'm going to get you almost be like a regular guest every few podcasts because I know with how we're going to connect on this, it's only going to be the beginning of some great things to come because you're truly out there, not just listening to things and learning things. But the, the three keys to success is to learn, do, and teach. And one of the things – one of the main things that's been inspiring about you um, for me is that you actually are putting it into action. You know, you're known as the rock star of real estate for teaching people on your broadcast. But it, I, the first thing I picked up is that you are totally in tune with the fact that it's not just about that outer game. You're going into the inner game. So some of your broadcasts have nothing to do with real estate, yet it's everything to do with real estate because yeah. if you're going to success. So, you know, when you, we're talking about outwitting the devil – and why why did you think that book was an important book to read, first of all? Oh, wow. Well, I'll, I'll start with just Napoleon Hill, you know, as a whole. I'm a huge fan. Uh, one of my best friends and a business partner of mine introduced me to Napoleon Hill some years ago. And I actually, he gave me an original copy of The Laws of Success. And I was turned on from that point on. I've, I've been a Napoleon Hill fanatic. And this was actually one that I hadn't heard about until I was actually coming to some new peak events or uh, maybe it was even one of our global masterminds where it was actually brought up. I wrote it down like, OK, I must get book. And when I when I read it, uh, it, it just the, the words and the the lessons just kind of just man, they just jumped off the page. The way it was written was very unique. You know, as you know, it's very unique in that he's actually having a discussion with the devil. And there are so many things. This book was written in 1938 that when I as I'm reading it, I'm thinking to myself, like, these things were happening in 1938. So so many of the things that are happening today that we could, you know, it was almost as if he wrote this yesterday. Isn't that so and, true? <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so for me, it it, it, it was a, just a, it's been a transformative book from so many things that, like you said, I, I believe in. But we we all need that affirmation. You know, we can be in a. In, a, in an environment of great people such as yourself and the energy that we're we're constantly involved in, but we still kind of need that affirmation, even if we're independent thinkers, even if we feel really do a lot of things and and are inspired, you know, just on our own on a lot of in a lot of ways and on a lot of things. That affirmation is still important, and that's one of the beauties about reading. And books like this are um, extreme, I think, extremely important in that regard. Oh, without a doubt. And isn't it interesting how even though he wrote it in 1938, it sat in the vault and in the wow. Napoleon Hill Foundation for 70 years because of the fear of prosecution. Because if right. he brought this out, what people would do to him and his family. And then everything happening for a reason, the fact that they choose Sharon Lecter 
to yes. actually be the one to help bring it to the world. Just beautiful. Like, ah, I, I, like I've got goosebumps right now because you couldn't ask for it to have happened any better way. And it's exactly like you said, even though he wrote it in 1938, I agree. Today, it is more relevant for people today than it was though that many years ago. Right, right. Crazy. Yeah. So these 10 steps, what are these 10 things that we're going to talk about today? Well, one of the points here I'll, uh, I'll read is um, do, your, do your own thinking on all occasions. The fact that human beings are given complete control over nothing saves the power to think their own thoughts is laden with, with significance. So, I mean, that, that, um, that point right, in, right there to me, man, I mean, it, it, it goes over both, both aspects. The, the devil is really dropping it, you know, telling people that, you know, we, we stop being lazy, to think on your own, to, to really come up with your own, uh, own thoughts on, on things and to stop being so lazy. It, 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 it it's just, man, it's so powerful. Okay, so let me play a little bit of devil's advocate, <laughs> pun yep, intended. Yep. <laughs> and so, because you know that I'm a huge person about not trying to reinvent the wheel. And as I see as one of the biggest fallbacks for people is that we see a system and we try to outthink it. So when I read that in Outwitting the Devil, I guess where my mind went was, you know, this is where you've got to be willing to have the belief in yourself that you can do it. Don't believe that what other people are telling you. That, to me, is the independent thinking. And match that with the systems to follow of how other people have had success. You know, I, I love the input that you're giving it, but I guess I see it on two-dimensional uh, as well, and, and which is one of the beautiful things, because right now, I, I'm already going to see that you and I may not have the same interpretation, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. no one does. Isn't that so true? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and actually, too, Robert, let, let me go back one one little sentence before, because the way the book is written, as we know, it's a question and answer type of thing where he's having this discussion with the devil. And one key part here is is this is part of the answer. So I read one of his answers, the devil's answers, to the question uh, that was actually posed by Napoleon Hill, and and so let's let's go back a little bit. Your your okay. So one of the things he starts off with the answer of kind of of really giving him a complete clear description of drifting and what drifting is. He talks about that, of course, you know, so all through the book, but he tells. What what we what must be done to ensure against the habit of drifting? Drifting is, as you know, it's it's when we go off course of what our true purpose is. And he talks about how ninety something odd, ninety eight percent, I believe, he says in the book, of all people are drifters. So what are the things that can can assure us from drifting? And 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 so Napoleon is wanting the formula for that. And in that first part of his answer, he says protection against drifting lies with within easy reach of every human being who has a normal body and sound of mind. The self-defense can be applied through these simple methods. And so that is one of the methods uh, is to do your own thinking on all occasions. Yes, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought it back to that because, yeah, drifting 
And that's what I think that I really think impacted me the most is because I could so relate that I, I, you know, you might call it procrastination, you might call it whatever it is, but I am a drifter in a lot of ways. And so it's, you know, I, I get it. Having to think for myself of what are the things that allow me to quit drifting? What are the things, because I know myself, how do I take that and utilize it in my favor? So that, yes. in that alignment, I, I'm 100% agreement with you right there. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. So, thank you. And I think it's yeah, no problem. And I think it applies with everything. We're all drifters at some point, but it's just a, a matter of, I guess, there are varying de- degrees of drifting, and and some of us, uh, unfortunately, drift more often than we're actually focused on our purpose. <laughs> okay, so ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this and you can relate to that. You know we're talking about the person in your seat right now. We all right, do. Right, I'm talking right. about the person in my seat. I know Gary's talking about the person in his seat. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Love it. So, yeah, and then and I'm glad because as I was mentioning to Gary before we started this podcast, just to give a little insight, um, I as soon as I heard his episode, I got a hold of him and said, Gary, would you – please, please, please be a guest on my, on my podcast. I went looking for my copy of Outwitting the Devil because it's been a while since I read it. And all of a sudden, it, I couldn't find it. And I realized, because one of the things I do is I love to allow my library. I have a, a, a library unlike a lot of people. And I open my library to friends and family who want to borrow books. And I realized one of my best friends actually has my copy of Outwitting the Devil right now. So when we started this call, I said, Gary, I'm going to let you guide me on the the 10 things that we can do. And so I'm wrapping my mind back around it. And I'm glad that that's why I'm glad you came back to that. This is the 10 things that we can do to help keep ourselves from drifting. So, So what's number two then? Man, number two, actually, Robert, is is there's there's so many on here that are great, but it, it actually I think takes the most discipline uh, for many people. But decide definitively what you want from life, then create a plan for att- attaining it, and be willing to sacrifice everything else if necessary, rather than accept permanent defeat. Mm. Oh yeah. Tell that me. one, woo! Give give it to me. Tell me what it means to you, man, Robert. That one burns in my in my body. <laughs> that one makes me man percolate, man. That one right there, is is so true. I mean, so many of us, um, we allow anything in life. Like right now, we're all, uh, you know, uh, here in the states. You know, it's it's Trump one. It's uh, it's it's Hillary loss or whatever the case may be. We're so easily uh, taken off of what, what it is we really want. And so many of us don't have a definitive understanding of what we do want in life. Uh, so it is, it is twofold with this one, man, because you have so many who are, are, who, who don't really understand what they want in life. And then you have those who say they do, but when anything of difficulty, uh, seems to come in, in the way of that, they're willing to forego whatever it was that they said they really wanted. And they and they really oftentimes do accept permanent defeat. So I, I, this one for me is is one where you if you if you set that goal one, you know, I was speaking to a friend, Robert, uh, kind of recently we were sitting having some drinks and he uh brought up something that was, you know, where he was he was thinking about maybe getting a divorce. 
right? We were talking about, well, no, excuse me, go back. I'll go back a little bit. We were talking and he was, he was talking about going back to school to get his master's. And I was like, you know, okay, great. Uh, but why do you want to do that? And he started to name, you know, kind of what it would, you know, what it would do for him in, in, in the field that he's in. But it wasn't, you could tell it wasn't heartfelt. It was kind of like, you know, it'll give me some more money. It'll mm. do this or whatever. But, <laughs> and I was like, well, what's your, what, what's your true purpose, man? Do you know what your true purpose is? And he, and he was able to tell me what his true purpose is very easily. And so that was good. So then I asked him a kind of a follow-up. I said, well, what are three things then that you do like every day? to get you closer to your purpose. And it was silence. And he was pondering and he didn't really have an answer for me. Then he went into, um, you know, I'm thinking about maybe even getting a divorce. Well, why? And we get into this whole conversation, but the, the, the crux of it was one, he was drifting on all these other things from, you know, as far as relationships. And he couldn't really focus on his true purpose, which I was feeling like, yo, if you want, if you focus on your true purpose, I think it'll bring you kind of a, a, make a 180 for you uh, or even a 360. If we think about this, the sun and, the, and, the, and the, 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 the earth and the sun revolving, revolving around the sun and having making a complete cycle uh, that your your relationship with your spouse would probably improve. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and, and oftentimes we don't get the connections of how our purpose draws energy of positivity in all aspects of our lives. And that's it. We're holistic beings. You cannot impact one area without the other, plain and simple. And dude, you just gave me goosebumps. I like I, I'm I'm lit up right now because that is so true. And, you know, Bob Proctor even says you have to be willing to give up your life for your purpose because you are giving up your life for your purpose. Your purpose. And Absolutely. so that definite and, you know, I OK, I wasn't going to bring in politics, but you brought it in. And as you and I are recording it. Yeah. Yesterday it was announced that Trump was you know, one. And isn't it interesting to watch? I was even watching some of your Facebook posts and watching the interaction back. And I was just, it, I was laughing my butt off because it's how many people go into the victim game or the blame game. Because if this demographic had voted, then that would have been the turning key for um, for Hillary. And I'm looking back and I'm going, yeah, and I loved your responses because and – and it was that heavy on debate, which I love heavy on debates because that means people, you know, they're passionate about something, which is good. But realize you're going to create your reality and you have to create your own economy. So if Absolutely. your purpose is big, you've got to create a big economy. It doesn't matter who's in the government. I see it the way I look at it. People didn't vote for Trump. They voted for change. They were exactly. tired of the same old, same old. And so it whether it was minorities or majorities that ended up not voting the way they should have, and that's why Hillary lost, I don't look at it that way. I look at it, look, everything happened for a reason. He's in power because people wanted change. So are you going to let that dictate what you're going to do, or are you going to choose to be in control of your life, create your own economy? And that's why I definitely want people to follow what you do because real estate is one of the pillars of wealth. And to be able to learn how to create wealth with real estate, you want to learn from people who are not just doing it 
but they're actually teaching it. They're walking their talk. And that's another reason I wanted you on this episode because you are on definite of purpose. And Napoleon Hill says it in um, out, or, um, Think and Grow Rich. He says, when a man is indefinite of purpose, the universe will move aside and then fall in beside him to bring it to reality. And that to yes. me is what number two is right there. Yes, 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 yes. You, you dropped the mic on that one, Robert. You dropped the mic. <laughs> I got no passion in that whatsoever. <laughs> and this is why I was looking forward to this conversation because, that, like, again, I'm just – I'm lit up right now. Let's yeah. go on to number three. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so analyze temporarily temp, – excuse me, analyze temporary defeat no matter – of what nature or cause and extract from it the seed of an equivalent advantage. Mm. <laughs> Tell me. Tell oh, me. man, we can we can kind of keep on that same conversation right there. I mean, you know, we look at life and sometimes again, we don't want to evaluate um, the things that we could have done better, right? So we tend to just as you be said, you know, we, we get into the pity party and we don't really analyze what could we have actually done to make it better. Um, I recall one of my uh, one of my largest deals in my life, at least at that time, uh, I had, we had just moved from D.C. to Baltimore and I was actually getting ready to build a hundred unit apartment building here in Baltimore. It was going to be senior building. And so the city at the time was getting sued by HUD because they didn't have enough affordable housing. So I thought I was a godsend. And um, I beat the city out, however, in an auction for this particular site. It used to be an old housing project and it had to be knocked down and rebuilt. So I'm thinking, okay, here I am. I'm a godsend. I'm going to really bring something great, great to the city. They need it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They were However, the city officials were calling me a, a DC boy, and I was just—I was actually kind of upset because, as you know, I'm from Chicago. So I was like, you know, I'm not a DC boy. I did live in DC for some years, but I'm not a DC boy. But nevertheless, they whooped me and whooped me and whooped me and whooped me until actually they took the deal from me. You know, I lost a, a shitload of money in the deal. Excuse my language, Robert. And <laughs> <laughs> and and um, uh. I, you know, I was literally, I mean, it was a, when I lost this deal, I was really kind of really depressed for, for a moment in time. And I, but I, one of the things that it caused me to do was I had to be reflective of what was it? What were some of the steps that I didn't do that could have turn this situation to a win for, for me. And I really could have brought the solutions that the city needed, right? So I, I really didn't just fail myself. I actually failed the people in which I was trying to help because I was trying to, you know, bring affordable housing to seniors. So it was a, it was something, you know, so it was more than just my money on me. But what I, one of the things I really noticed is that after I kind of won that deal and I was working some days, I would, man, I was doing a 20-hour day some days trying to, trying to keep this thing afloat. But there were times prior to that 20-hour day where I wasn't putting in even an eight-hour day. I wasn't even, you know, focused on it for five hours out the day. Mm. And there were – so when I really looked at the full body, there was a lot of procrastinating that I did before I had to really turn it on. 
it was almost like my back was against the wall and then I went overdrive. But prior to that, I was kind of laxed. And when I evaluated that, then there were a lot of things that I had to I had to you know check myself and really say, you know what, I could have improved here. Um, I can do this better. And going forward today, I do a lot of things. And when I do things today, how it's helped me is one planning and actually staying accountable to what I need to do in order to get the things that I need to get done done. So it 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 is that's what this does for me. Oh, and you know, and I think I heard you say it because you're an athlete. This is why teams watch their review their tapes. They review the recordings to see. It's not to beat themselves up, but it's like here's yeah. what that didn't work. So how do we improve on that? Absolutely, and as you know, I think we both realize too. Even with you know, Ken Courtright is 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 one of our our mentors and someone that we follow greatly. He's always speaking that as well, right? You know, we the business we're in today, we've got to keep critiquing it. We've got to look for other aspects of business because there there are solutions that we're we're the world is changing so fast that nothing we do today is going to last forever. Some of the the the, the Fortune 500 companies of what 30 years ago oh, the buggy uh, and whip yeah buggy right. whips right yeah most of them aren't even there anymore right? <laughs> except for in a so different actually, industry of for buggy whips but we're not going there <laughs> <laughs> sorry i couldn't resist but you know it's interesting you talk about inspiration because as i was listening to you and you you know you said a word and you said excuse my language i wrote the word down and my mind instantly went into how do i rephrase that as a powerful acronym and so it's perfect to number three because here's what we need to do knowing that defeat is temporary so you okay in life shit happens right so when it happens here's what i say it stands for now show how it's temporary yeah yeah i like that and so it's like that's going to be a new clue for me right there. You helped me create it. Thank you, my yeah, friend. Yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> because that is it. Number three, it is temporary. Defeat is temporary. Love it. Thank you for that. So, Gary, give us number four. Be willing to render useful service equivalent to the value of all material things you demand of life and oh. render the service first. Yes, yes. Mm. Oh, and I am in total agreement with you on this one. You know, and I love the example that you used on, on the broadcast I listened to. Would you give us that same example? Because I know you have some big, audacious goals ahead of you. Yes, yes. Uh, and if I can recall, I'm going to try to recall exactly what we talked about on, on, on my show. But one of the goals that uh, I put out there on my 45th birthday is that um, by 2030, uh, I would become a billionaire. And my wife, we had, you know, we had money. My wife made money as a kind of as a giveaway with my face on it and on, you know, kind of like, you know, on these billion dollar bills. And we passed them out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but um, uh, as I've shared with so many, you know, it is it is not just to be a billionaire so that I can claim wealth and riches and and buy material possessions. Uh, and of course, you know, I'm sure that some of that will be a part of of it as well. But that is not the driving force. Exactly. Uh, and the driving for, force really is to be of service, to be uh, someone who, you know, uh, you know, my story. I'll, I'll share it a bit more with those with your with your guests is that I'm I'm a child that was was raised in Chicago, the youngest of three. 
mother who suffered from depression and raised us while on welfare. And by the age of, of 10 years old, we had been evicted over 12 times. And it was at that moment, it, it was an eviction at 10 years old that I recall kind of really making myself a promise that one day this wouldn't happen to me and my family, and that two, one day I'd be a millionaire. I was reading, however, on a first grade level, and I was 10 years old, so really, I'm supposed to be the pipeline to prison or either or either dead. And neither ha happened. I actually was, because I didn't buy into the statistics of what should have been based off of statistics, uh, I was able to actually accomplish those things. And at the early age, you know, of, of uh, in my early 30s, I was able to become a multimillionaire. And, and, and so... But the, the thing that I have done in real estate and that I, I want to continue to do is to I house low to medium income families sim similar to myself growing up and provide and I change crack buildings or, you know, abandoned buildings into uh, viable places for people to live. And and so for me, a, a, a a driving force is in when I look at cities across the United States or even around the world and Haiti and, and, and places such as such, and I see the 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 conditions. Um, one, I want to be an inspiration. So I think that uh, success is a variable of, or I should say, money is a variable of success. People look at your wealth or, and your and, and that regard as a form of success. It's not the complete package. But I do think that it is can be inspiring to some that you can pull yourself up with, of course, the help of others um, to be financially successful in that way. And so I think that that number for me rings out as a number uh, where people respect it and realize that you've achieved great fortune with what you do. But with that, it I, my hope is that I can change the the mentality of so many people around the world, uh, especially in, in urban neighborhoods, uh, to to see me as kind of an example of themselves, of someone who came from 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 dire straits, uh, but stayed focused on a purpose and was able to achieve it. But in achieving it at the same time, I'm changing communities. I'm serving the people uh, to hopefully make their lives better in that regard as well. So that that is that is kind of what uh, I spoke of as far as one of my goals and how I actually am trying to be of service uh, in reaching that goal. Well, and it, and it's exactly like you said. First, first, not yes. I want to receive and then I'll give back. Is and in, especially in that direct proportion. And that's why I wanted you to share that story because a billionaire is a huge goal. That means I can I'm I get jazzed and excited about how much value because you already bring value, but Thank I get you. excited about how much more value because you know it's in direct proportion. And with this huge goal, I'm like, how many people is he going to impact who are going to impact others who will impact others? And and that's another reason, Gary, that I reached out to you because with you having that in your sights, it's now to me, and this is the law of attraction in place, that how can I assist you in achieving your goal because I want you to keep impacting people the way you do, and I want yes. to be part of that journey with you because to yes, me, that's likewise. exciting. Yes. It is yes. you know, yes. so exciting. And, you know, it's funny that you, you, you talk about, yeah, material things that would come along with that kind of wealth. Last night, um, my wife and I were 
uh, getting ready because I fly out today to do an event. And so we were, it was date night, and we were at the mall doing some stuff and taking care of a few things, went into the uh, Apple store. And, and in our mall, I've never come across, I thought it was going to have to be a dealership, but one of my passions, one of my goals is a Tesla car. Mm. And in the mall, here's this Tesla car in this little shop, and that's their whole dealership. They've got two of the SUVs in the parkade in the basement to take on test drives. And my wife, Roxanne, has never seen one. And so we're talking to the guy, and I'm letting him explain the beauty of these vehicles. And I know one of my goals is going to be we're going to have an SUV uh, and yes. a Tesla. And they start in Canadian at about 110000 And to me, it's not only going to be about earning the Tesla, but it's how much value am I going to give in advance yes. Yes. to be able to say this is something I'm proud of. Absolutely. And that's why I love that. So, yes. And, and let me put it out to you right now, my friend. Your goal, you just have to tell me how I can assist you in achieving, helping enough people to get you to that status. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, and I, I appreciate that greatly. Uh, Absolutely. Oh, I'm having fun. Number five. What do we got for number five? <laughs> All right. Recognize that your brain is a receiver set that can be attuned to receive communications from the universe storehouse of infinite intelligence to help your transmute to help you transmute your desires into their physical equivalent mm. powerful <laughs> powerful oh powerful. It, it amazes me man in 1938 that they spoke like this yeah this is amazing <laughs> And and it, it is, you know, whether you want to call it um, uh, channeling, whatever you do, the moment you quiet your mind, you're in connection with that higher power. Whether you want That's to say true. higher power, um, great spirit, God, Allah, whatever, Buddha, whatever you want to go by, that is so true. You've got to be willing to put yourself in alignment and quiet your mind and then just listen for the brilliance. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and this is one of the things this was one for me. And I don't think I even went as deep on my on my show with this one. Um, But this is actually one that I have not only believed uh, I have shared with a few people. My mom used to really say that she she felt like she was a little psychic. Right. And um, and so, you know, you know, I kind of kind of was open-minded to that idea. Uh, but what I've actually discovered over the years is that, you know, I don't know if you want to call it psychic power. I don't know if you call it that or not, but I do believe that um, we're always in constant communication, right? That there is, there is that, that, that the universe, is this, this, the, the energy is always talking to us. But I believe that what happens is and in, in, in because we're a part of a culture that kind of, I would say, dumbs that down or numbs it or makes it almost seem like crazy to think that you would have this communication going on, that we kind of ignore certain things. So I think that when we're younger and if we actually stay attuned to it, mm-hmm. we actually have – we have life lessons being told to us, whether it's make a left at the corner instead of the right so you don't get into the accident or whatever the case may be. Make sure you get on this flight so you can go meet Robert Riopelle or whatever it is, right? Um, I think that there are things that we are told, but we sometimes we, – we hear it 
and we ignore it. And I think it becomes a point after which we've ignored it so much, it the sound gets lower and lower to where we're not able to actually get that natural um, communication that would actually help us to to or propel us into our our greatness uh, because we've numbed the voice so much and we're looking for answers from people that we could have actually solved our we could have actually you know come up with on our own. Oh. Oh, all I'm going to say is I'm lit up. Well said. Wow. Number six. All right. Let's see here. I'm loving this. I am loving this conversation. Me too. Me too. (laughs) Recognize that your greatest asset is time. Mm. The only thing except the power of thought which which you own outright and the one thing which can be shaped into whatever material thing you want. Budget your time so none of it is wasted. Mm. <laughs> tell <Wow>. me. Tell me. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, so many people, I mean, we so often think of uh of of money as the biggest the biggest deal, right? The you know, I, 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 we're always uh, concerned about our money and we, we squander time. Uh, we squander those opportunities. And wow, for this one, this one for me is just, man, I try to make each encounter that I have with human beings important and, 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 and really try to get and give what I'm supposed to receive as well as what I'm supposed to get in that, in that whether it's a brief encounter or if it's a long one. Um, this one has a lot of different meanings for me, you know, even when it comes to what I was sharing earlier about an opportunity where I squandered many hours of the day away when I was working on the largest deal of my career. And it wasn't until later that I recognized that I needed to do more. I had needed to spend more time on what I was trying to achieve. Uh, but, you know, this one even goes on a personal level for me, you know, with family and, and loved ones and children and our kids. They're not as they're not as concerned oftentimes as we think they are about material possessions. Uh, they really are more so wanting our time, quality time, quality time. Yeah, yeah, and and, and that is so true. And and, and you know, quality versus quantity. Oh man, your time is as in, you know, your time is one of the most valuable things that you have. And even something is, you know, you, you and I are with our mastermind group and here we are being of service on our day of service, giving that time. It would be easy to just throw money at it, but I Absolutely. appreciate hearts and hands the, the, when I get to be there and clean up the crap after the zebras. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it's how do you replace that? It's precious. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I've heard the advice and I kind of put my spin on it because one of the things you hear all the uh, success gurus and success teachers saying is always, if you want more success, shut off the darn TV. And I agree with that, but I don't agree. And it's because, you know, I believe you have there. There's something called balance. Because to me, I love TV. I love my movies. It's one of my passions. I love movies. I love watching how things are done, how they're created. But all good things in moderation. I know if I was to just shut off my TV and never watch it, I would self-sabotage. I would become so unproductive in other things that it would be more detrimental to my time 
then if, what do I do? I record all my shows, and when I do my workouts, that's during the time I'm doing a workout at home is when I watch the shows I enjoy. Mm-hmm. So I do it mm-hmm. in moderation, and I, I monitor that time. I just finished um, actually recording a webinar on time management, and it was cool because it, you know I got to be able to tell people, manage your time and get things done. Because it ties into what you're just talking about on number six here. It's all about that time that you have. If you want to have quality time with your family, then schedule in quality time. Get rid of the other distractions. This is about you connected with them. Nothing else matters in that moment. You don't have to have quantity, quantity, quantity. If you have the quality, that's going to speak volumes more than anything else. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And you actually just made me think about something even when it comes to the, the workouts. And that can actually even, you know, uh, I'm, I'm kind of similar. I, I, I'm more of a like a movie type guy or a documentary or something like yeah, that. Yeah. But um, that would be a treat, right? I could I could treat myself by like, say, hey, I need to work out, right? I, or I want to work out. I choose to work out. <laughs> Good catch. But, And in in my celebration of that, I I watch my show for an hour that I like, and you know, at the same time, so that that's a good little nugget I can I can use, man. So I appreciate that. Hey, I got a fifty inch screen TV, including surround sound system, in my fitness center. And when I'm on the road, when I'm at a hotel, that's when I listen to a lot of my podcasts of all the people I love to listen to is while I'm doing my workout at a hotel. So I'm yeah. using it as my inspiration time. And that's yeah. what, that's yeah. what empowers me to do more of a workout. Yeah, that that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> cool. I love that. We're benefiting each other. So <laughs> what do we have as number seven there, young sir? Yes. Yes. So recognize the truth that fear generally is a filler with which the devil occupies an unused portion of your mind. It is only a state of mind which can can control by filling the space it occupies with fate and your abilities to make life provide you with whatever you demand of it. Man. Now you know I believe you know I, I've uh, been in discussions about this one right here in your presence. Uh, so yeah, I I, um, I I I don't believe in fear, and I've shared this with you, and I and and I know that people may disagree with with how I interpreted this part, but um, I, I I believe in danger, and I think they're different. Um. Uh, because I think that danger is is um, c- danger can be anywhere. Danger can be a part of anything. Uh, fear, however, I think is our inability to understand the dangers and how to manage them. And so, for me, um, uh, I really look at. Uh, Fear is kind of a waste of time. It's like my own, if I, you know, it's kind of my own kind of brain fart or whatever, kind of really just just keeping me off of actually moving forward. Because I think once you replace replace what you have a fear of with knowledge of it, mm. with knowledge of how to accomplish or get through that thing, it no longer exists. That's why to me, it's not a real thing. It's, 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 it's made up. Whereas danger can still exist. But once you understand the danger, 
you have you 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 uh, protect yourself against it uh, to the best of your abilities, and you move forward. You don't. You, it usually doesn't doesn't stifle us to the point where we stop and stay frozen. And I think fear does. And I I agree. I'm gonna kind of I'm I'm gonna go a little more devil's advocate again on this one because I love what you're saying there, and I want to do a reframe. And I think it comes. I, I, I'm. Want to give credit where credit is due. I'm sure it came from Ken Courtright on this one, but I love the phrase he utilized that fear heightens your spidey sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think, but I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Think of it like that. The fear, it makes you aware. And so, and it's right in line with what you're saying as well, you know, and this is why I want to reframe it because it's not so much playing the devil's advocate on it, but because it is totally in alignment with what you're saying is instead of saying not believing in fear, if, if you look at fear as it's heightening your spidey sense, because there is dangers around us, you don't want to focus on them. So you utilize the fear to go, huh, why is this coming up? And what is it that is I want to be aware of so I can move through it? As you say, identify what it is so that it doesn't stop you. And don't get caught up in the fear. Use it as a tool to heighten your spidey sense. Think of yourself as that superhero, your Spider-Man. With great power comes great responsibility, and with great responsibility comes great power. If you think of it in that sense, and you use it as your spidey sense to go, huh, what's the danger here? Okay, how do I understand that danger so the fear doesn't paralyze me? It actually allows me to now move forward in a safer manner without mm-hmm. being stopped. And that's kind of the, the way you know, I kind of look at that as a reframe. Yeah, yeah and that works. And you know, some, works something else that hit me is – how much of a techie person are you? Um, I'm I'm average. Okay, I I learned some new stuff the last couple of weeks um, about what the cloud truly is. Do you know Do you know what the cloud is? When everybody's talking about how your storage is in the cloud, do you actually know what that is? Uh, I was I, well. My assumption would be that it is like um, basically like a, the. the uh, a brain for the, uh, in layman's terms, I guess, a brain for the particular server that you may be with that, that's providing it. So let's say it's Apple and it goes kind of to one of their servers and it's stored there. Okay, close. And, and you're right on track with it. And this is the way I thought of it is exactly the same thing you just said. And then talking with a couple, a cousin of mine who is a techie and my business partner who's a techie, I got this whole new idea and of understanding what the cloud is. Picture your laptop that you've got in front of you. Are you in front of a mm-hmm. laptop or a desktop right now? A, a laptop. And you have your, your CPU, your processor. Yes. And your yeah. processor is really powerful. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, our, our smartphones have more processing power than what it took to put a man on the moon in 1969. Wow. If you believe that a man actually went to the moon. <laughs> right. That's another part. That's right. a whole other story. But what happens is what people don't realize is that your computer, your system is only ever using little parts of that processing at a time. It's never using 100%. So all the cloud is, is they've got all these server farms around the world. So where I live here in Calgary, I just found this out from my cousin. There are five major companies in Calgary alone that each have one, two, or three. Picture a 200,000 square foot building that is nothing but processors. Huge generators to kick in. If the power grid goes down, these kick on to keep it powered. They're um, the temperature controlled air intake controlled, all of this, 200,000 square foot, that's a small server farm. 
And mm. what it is, is they're saying each one of these processors, if given one task, is only ever using a portion of its power. So how do we tap into using them more efficiently? And so all the cloud is, is around the world, all these processors that are being utilized to their full capacity. So instead of it just being used for one job, 5, 10, 15, 100 different things can be going on in that one server as the cloud to utilize it to its full efficiency. And that's all mm. the cloud is. Now, think of it. Read number seven, how he says it in the book. And I'll tell you why. what just hit me while you were talking. Okay. So recognize the truth that fear generally is a filler with which the devil occupies the unused portion of your mind. So think about this. Why is fear able to come in? Is because there's unused portions of our mind because we're only tapping into a minute portion of our um, possibilities, the infinite possibilities. Mm. And this is why I love being in a mastermind because now yes. when I'm with other like-minded people, other parts of my synapsis is firing to help them, which means because I'm in the energy, this is why I go to live seminars. This is why I watch webinars. This is why I listen to podcasts is because now I'm firing more of my brain, which gives less space for fear to come in. Mm, yes, yes. Love it. So we're all the cloud babies. <laughs> we're all the clouds. And, and something you shared with me, I'm going to talk to you on offline on with, with what you just said that, that popped in my head, man. It's that I think, uh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's keep going. Let's go to number eight. All right. When you pray, do not beg. Demand what you want and insist upon getting exactly that n with no substitutes. <clears throat> I love it. <laughs> Clarity equals power. And yeah. power is not power over people. Power is the ability to do or take action. And so, yeah, when you've got that clarity, that's what that says to me. What does it say to you? Man, it says exactly that. It says exactly that. It says – and I think the other part of do not beg uh, is what – really pops out for me because I always I have a, you know, I have a, two young kids. My son's a little older than my daughter. So she's usually the one who's asking for his assistance or asking for a favor or whatever the case may be. And oftentimes, you know, you're here and she's kind of like begging. And I'm like, wait a minute, stop begging. <laughs> stop begging. Because one, I think that, you know, it is a victim mentality. Yes. And it is, it's, it is, you are then also giving your power away on something that you probably can do for yourself. Mm, I agree. Or, or do without for that moment. So that, that part is what really kind of rings out. Uh, but I, I do also agree that, again, it takes us back to definiteness of purpose. Mm -hmm. if, <laughs> if you don't know what you want, you can't ask the right thing for it. And so you usually accept a substitute. Oh, totally agree. Totally agree. So clarity, get clear, be clear on what it is you're looking for. And that's why I, you know, there's a saying, if you go back to the Garth Brooks song, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. And it's not that the prayer was unanswered. It's just, there wasn't clarity enough in it that the higher power of God, again, whatever you want to go by said, you know what, I'm going to assist you on this. It may be a tougher lesson, 
but you weren't clear. I'm going to help you be clear. <laughs> yes. 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 Man, that man. Robert, this one is is it's it's powerful on so many. I mean, we have so many people. I mean, I know I have in my own personal life so many people that this one um you know, like I said, the conversation I was having with my buddy, you know, and, uh, you know, and you, and you sit down with so many. And you've actually even taught me this uh, because I, I've always felt pretty had I had pretty good clarity on a lot of things. But I think it was um, uh, I want to say warrior training with you when you were training and warrior training. And, it, you know, I had, I was at the mic and that was where I really discovered like what my true, true purpose was without any um, deviation from it. It was like, man, I discovered it right there. And I recall you asking me um, and, and, and how I phrased it, you kind of charged me with so that I was as clear as I could be with with even sharing it with, with you and, and the audience. And um, that is where, too, again, I realized, man, you have to be precise. You've got to be dead on precise with what you want and be able to articulate that very clearly so that others can understand it and bring and attract the help, the assistance that you need. And so, yeah, yeah, this one is um, <laughs> this one, man, I, you know, now I with, with everybody now, I'm almost like, you know, they start telling me their problems. Well, what is your purpose? And if you can't tell me that we got to we have to go backwards. Yep, absolutely. Nice. Let's keep rolling. Number nine. <clears throat> Number nine. Recognize that life is a cruel. Ooh, I love this one, man. Recognize that life is a cruel taskmaster and that either you master it or it masters you. <laughs> there is no halfway of, comp of compromising or, or compromising point. Never accept from life anything that you do not want. If that which you do not want is temporarily forced upon you. You can refuse. It. You can refuse in your own mind, or to accept it and to uh, excuse me to accept it, and it will make way for the thing you do want. I want to read that one one more time, man. <laughs> this one gets me goosebumps. Recognize that life is a cruel taskmaster, and that either you master it or it masters you. There is no halfway or compromising point. Never accept from life anything you do not want. If that which you do not want is temporarily forced upon you, you can refuse in your mind to accept it and, and it will make way for the thing you do want. <clears throat> and that one is woo. Yeah, and all I have to say, is there anything to even add to that? Man. <laughs> woo. Love it. Love it, man. Huh. Any, is there any part you want to add to that? You tell man, that I, one is just, it's so powerful, Robert. It, it's, yeah. it, it's, it takes all the excuse out of every conversation. I mean, I don't care what it is. If you know, you, you, if you say you want to achieve something, then if there's no way then that you can then tell me the excuses of why you can't get there, there is nothing there, This one is almost like there is nothing that that is if this is what you want there is nothing that should get in your way to stop you from getting that there no, is no. nothing come on gary i had no choice in the situation i Man. had no choice there's nothing i could do about it they didn't give me a choice no 
absolutely. You, you know, that is a, the, the it's, for lack of a better word, that is a sucker conversation. That's a sucker. <laughs> it it's just, whoo, whoo. Yeah. It's just, oh, man. And since you brought up Warrior, I'll go right back to the equation that we teach at Warrior. It's not the event that equals the outcome. It is the event plus how you respond to the event that is going to equal the outcome. You know, my podcast on episode number three, it was titled Choose to Be Happy. So, yeah, even if a situation happens that you didn't think you had a control over, you can choose to be happy and live a happy life instead of getting brought down. Like it said, like you just said, even if you it's being forced upon you in that moment, well, yeah, choose to be happy and move forward instead of letting it put you into that victim mode. Yes, yes. This takes me to another one, Robert. Uh, when my mom passed, so my mom passed a little over seven years ago. Uh, she actually had a massive heart attack two days after my daughter was born. Oh, wow. And um, I was, you know, it was my wife. We were still in the hospital kind of really celebrating our daughter's birth. And my sister called and said, you know, I think you may want to come home. Mom's in the hospital. She she had a heart attack. And, she, you know, she was at the time she was still, you know, on, on life support and all of that. I was um, able to make like the flat last flight out of Baltimore to Chicago. Uh, I literally got to the hospital and, you know, I saw her eyes open for the last time, like the last time in, in her life. And when she passed, she, she by birth, by a death certificate, she passed like a week later. I always say really it was that day because I really think that her spirit was gone after that day. But they had her on life support for a week. And uh, during the funeral and even in the, the, the um, program, uh, each each myself as well as my, my two siblings, we all wrote like a paragraph and one of the things that I really shared with everybody, and so many of my friends were like, they couldn't get this, was that I shared that uh, that uh, I, I felt that um, it was heard. This was a blessing, and I had not discovered at that time what the blessing was in her death in that way, and at the time that it happened. But there was there was soul searching for me to do to find out what that blessing was. And, and over time, I, there were several things that I, I thought I thought about that. One, my sister, who actually has been speaking to her when she was going through the heart problems, she thought she was having gas or whatever. And she was kind of talking to her on the phone. Well, one, my sister, has she not gotten to the hospital? My mom actually made it to the hospital and all of that. Has she not made it to the hospital? Uh, my sister could have discovered her dead in the in her apartment, which would have mm. been, I mean, devastating, right? Absolutely. Uh, had had uh, had things not happened the way they had, uh, I could have not known. You know, I would have been celebrating. You know, my daughter and my mom has had this massive heart attack, and we we wouldn't have known, or whatever the case may be. Um, and just there were so many other parallel parallel things, or just things on top of each other that that were that came out of that. But one other major thing was. Uh, and I don't know if you were like this, I, you know, knowing your background, I, I will probably say it wasn't quite like this for you because you and Roxy have been together for so long. But I will say that, you know, growing up, I had like my best friends, my buddies that I've grown up with since childhood. And they were the best men in my and the best. You know, I had two best men in my wedding. And so they kind of always were that that my I would always say they were my best friends. But it was when my mom passed, and I actually realized that my wife was my best friend. Mm. And. And, and and piggying back 
from an earlier conversation or an earlier part of this thing where I was talking about the deal that I lost and that whole depression. My mom actually passed maybe uh, about you know a year after that. So it was like, here it is, the financial piece. Here it is, my mom, who was one of my biggest inspirations, uh, kind of both things happening at the same time. But it also made me grow closer to my wife and realizing that actually my best friend lived in the house with me. <laughs> wow. Thank you for sharing that with us because, yeah, how many people don't get that? And it is, it all comes down to you have choice in every moment, how you're going to look at it, what you're going to focus on, focus on what you want instead of what you don't want. And I know for you, focusing on the great memories of time with your mom, that's That's more important than the focusing on that. She's not here with you anymore in the physical plane. Yes. Yes. Oh, thank you. Young sir, number 10. I can't believe we're already at number 10. Number 10. Lastly, remember that your dominating thoughts attract through a definite law of nature. By the shortest and most convenient route, their physical counterpart, be careful what your thoughts dwell upon. (laughs) Yep. And isn't that what we've been talking about all the way along? All the way. And and like I just said, focus on what you want instead of what you don't want. And we've been so conditioned, you know, to focus on the things that are not right in in life. And and look at, and I'll bring it back to the election again. How many people, I understand there was riots in the U.S. yesterday that, you know, people are being vandalizing and stuff. And it's like, to me, it's why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Okay, so the person you wanted in didn't get in. So for the next four years, are you going to be the most grumpiest, um, unhappy, you know, miserable person to be around? Or are you going to decide to say, I'm going to create my own reality and I'm not going to let a political party, you know, make my life good, bad or otherwise? Absolutely. I, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you, you know that. It's so ironic, man, because I have so many people that were just all over me. I mean, you know, I did a podcast on the man. And I called him, I called him our 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 natural born terrorist, our U.S. terrorist. Right? It was Donald Trump to me, and just all the hate that he spewed. But at the same time, uh, with all of that being said, again, it, 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 him becoming president doesn't t- dictate um, the outcome of who I am or. Or whom any of us are, unless we choose to, unless we choose to, and that's it. And you know, I, I my focus is going to be on the healing that's going to come from this, because yes. I, I'm going to choose to focus on that. He's going to step up and have to, or not have to, but I I'm going to put out the hopes. I'm not going to put my expectation on him because that's not fair to anybody else. But to me, what I would love to see is a beautiful uh, possible outcome is that there's so much to make the U.S. great again, so much healing that can come from this, not only for the different cultures throughout the country, but what about what's the possibilities of the healing that can go on in Donald Trump? Maybe yes. more of an acceptance for other people, maybe more of an acceptance for, um, you know, for the way things are. And actually, I think I would love to see that you'll see some changes in him where maybe some humility will come in. I, I was telling people in, in here in Alberta where I live, 
back in the early 80s, the mayor of the city where I live ended up becoming the premier of our province. And so that's like mm-hmm. a governor of the states. And he had a hide as thick as a rhino. And his determination was, I'm going to make Alberta great. I'm going to get it out of its deficit. We're going to make it you know, a profitable province. We're going to do something that hasn't been done in decades. And he started making tough decisions. He started treating it like a business. And he had all these, um, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? In business, you have unions. He had all these unions. He had all these big um, support groups picketing him, calling him down. And he just kept on track to what he said he, what he promised. And all of a sudden, by the time we had the 88 Winter Olympics, our, not only did Calgary have the first ever Olympics that was profitable, but mm. also our province ended up being totally no debt. We were in the um, black all the way along, and we were the strongest province in the whole country, in fact, supporting the economy of most of the country. And mm. because he was willing to move forward with what he had promised and not let politics and politicians keep him off track. And he took some hard hits, but he went, no, this is what you voted for me because I said I was going to do this. And so I would love to see that Donald Trump treats the government like a business because he's a very successful businessman. And I Absolutely. believe the country could use a business tack instead of political tact. I, I, I'm actually optimistic, you know, and that was what was funny, man, is that, um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I mean, I was literally, Robert, I was up the night of the election to about 2.30 in the morning, literally arguing. Well, not really. I wasn't arguing. They were arguing with me, really. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, um, going back and forth on Facebook with with. Close friends of mine that I went to college with and all that that were just so, so upset. And, and, and I was really I was like, you know, I woke up the next day like, man, this is good for the country. Mm-hmm. You know, we have been so complacent. Uh, we, we you know, so many people looked at Barack Obama, who who I'm still a fan of. But I, I think I still don't think that he did what what um what he set out to do or what I, what I think many of us expected him to do for the country. But so many people thought he was the Messiah. He was the, 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 the you know, the, you know, and when he, yeah, I guess disappointed, you know, um, they were looking at Hillary as maybe, you know, you know, some like maybe she can kind of keep this thing afloat or whatever the case may be. I'm actually very kind of optimistic that, you know, uh, it gives everybody a chance to reflect. Those who kind of got lazy, who thought, you know, we're, everything's okay. Um, those who who uh, were angry, you know, whatever the case may be, it, it, it hopefully will inspire people to get out and do some real work and be a part of the change they want to see. And um, that's that's really with any of this stuff. I don't care who's the president that's is. Right. You know, if you're not going to be involved in the true process. The, the voting is the, is the easy part. Like you were talking about when it comes to time or money, the voting is like money. <laughs> you know, you, you go in one day, you push a button and you're gone. I mean, but the real work is actually what are you actually committed to doing to make the change that you want to see? So That's right. And just just like you've been saying from, you know, from Mahatma Gandhi, it's be the change you want to see in the world. 
Yes. Be the change. And, and you know, it's interesting because what you just said, if you look at it, Hillary got the majority of the popular vote. Yes. But to have success, you've got to be willing to make unpopular decisions. And one of the things I agree with you, Barack, when he got voted in is because people are like, we are behind this guy. But what happened? He got caught up in politics. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you, the power of politics is immense. And so what I think that Trump has going for him that a lot of politicians don't is he's a businessman. And it's about you make the unpopular decisions that need to be made to do what needs to be done. And yeah. so, yeah, it, it's these next yeah. few years are going to be interesting to be an observer of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, the, the man already had fired like two campaign managers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that weren't performing, right? He got rid of them. So I'm like, hey. You know, you know. And, and he knows how to surround himself with great people. And if he ch- continues to do that, he's going to have some of the best advisors I think you've ever seen. Yeah. Because it's not going to be all about a political game. It's going to be about what needs to be done to get the job done to make America great again. Yeah. Cool. Cool, well, man. Gary, man, I – this – you know, I've been lit up the whole time. I've just – this is by far my favorite episode now, and oh, man. I don't even wow. know how we're going to even top this. I, I'm up for the challenge, but I want to do and I want to continue collaborating with you because just having this conversation brought so many new things to light for me as I'm hoping and trusting it does for the people that are listening right now. And I think that um, you know we, we create our own – let's create our own mind-based clouds. Let's create a cloud of masterminds of where we're tapping to each other's potential so we don't allow fear to come in. There's no space because we're not just processing 5%, 10% of what our possibility is. We're utilizing 65, 70, 75, 80% of our possibility and allowing it to help others to put out in advance the indirect proportion, as we said, of what we want to receive in our lives. I think that you and I can actually create something powerful that way are you up for the challenge my friend oh thank you yes 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 (laughs) excellent well you know this oh yeah i'm gonna wrap this up we're i i look forward to the you know i'm gonna let you know when it's gonna broadcast it's gonna be in about three weeks from when we just did the recording here i'll make sure you know the day it comes out because dude i i can't wait for this one to blow up all over the internet you are amazing. I thank you for taking the time to be with us and for your insight, your passion, and your clarity, and just being willing to have this conversation. So thank you for being you. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. I'm, I'm just taking it all in, brother, trying to, trying to work on receiving. It was something else <laughs> that you've helped me with, so I'm just trying to work on receiving. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, this is Success Left a Clue, episode 12. Remember, always live with passion. Always live with passion. Till the next event, enjoy life. Take what you learned here. My suggestion, re-listen to this one again and again. You can go to successleftaclue.com. The whole transcript will be there for you to download. This is one I'm going to go through with a highlighter and study the heck out of it. So for... Gary Rockman, the rock star of real estate. Oh, Gary, yeah, you know, it would not be complete. How can they get more of you? Please tell oh, us. Oh, yes, yes, thank you, thank you. Um, they can actually go to my website, which is GaryRockman.com, which the, I'll spell for everyone. It's G A R Y R A H 
M-A-N. So, uh, again, that's R-A-H-M-A-N dot com, uh, where they can actually find out more about me. But uh, they can also listen to my radio show if they hit the radio tab there it, that I do every Friday live at noon Eastern Standard Time called Connection. And I'm also, they can get me on Twitter at uh, GROCK7000. That's GROCK7000. And I also have a fan page on uh, Facebook, which is, again, it's uh, Gary Rockman, your real estate rock star. Awesome. Thank you again. And uh, we look forward to doing more with Gary. And thanks, everybody, for continuing to listen to these podcasts. I'm having a blast, as you cannot tell at all. (laughs) And I'm going to continue to bring you value like this amazing man. You've been listening to Success Left a Clue with Robert Raymond Riopel, author of the soon-to-be-released book, Success Left a Clue. We hope today's inspiring message brings you closer to your dreams. To access program notes and helpful links, visit successleftaclue.com. Turn your dreams into reality. Please join us again for the next episode of Success Left a Clue.